praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, we praise God for his presence. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand praise for his goodness? Thank you, Lord. Nobody like you, Lord. Nobody like you. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's get in uh, to the word. Let's pray. Father, we bless you for your goodness. You are a magnificent God. You are a great God. And we thank you, Jesus Christ, for making this life that we live possible by giving your life as a sacrifice for our sin so that we might have access to the presence of God through the blood of Jesus. Now, Father, I pray that my speech and my preaching would not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of spirit of power that people's faith will not rest in the wisdom of Brian Green, but in the power of God. I pray, according to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16, I'm praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our heart be enlightened so that we would know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance that you have in each and every one of us who are your saints. And help us to know the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who are believers because it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Finally, Lord, I borrow the right of Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4. I ask that you bear witness to the word that I'm sharing, both with divers, miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to your will. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. And praise the Lord. Well, the scriptures that we are going to be going through, I want to pick up on you are not alone. You're not by yourself, especially after last week. But God is with us. I want to share with you, if you have your devices or your Bibles, John chapter 16, verse 13. John chapter 17, verse 17. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. First of all, John chapter 16, verse 13 says, When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. I'm going by the uh, King James Version, but whatever, whatever version works for you is fine. Albeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but those things which he hears, that will he also speak, and he will show you things to come. He is called the spirit of truth. This person, the Holy Spirit, is called the spirit of truth. Well, that is truth. Jesus says in his prayer, his his. His real Lord's Prayer, there's the disciples' prayer, our Father who art in heaven. We call it the Lord's Prayer, so you know, you don't have to get all upset about whether it's the Lord's Prayer or Disciples' Prayer, but it's the prayer that he taught his disciples in Matthew chapter 6 and also in Luke chapter 11. We call it the Lord's Prayer. But the the prayer that Jesus prayed in chapter 17, he prayed that the that the church, that his disciples, that his followers, that his believers would be one just as he and the Father one are one. But he goes on to say about truth. He, in verse 17 of John chapter 17, he says, sanctify them. Sanctify simply means to set apart for God's use. Sanctify them by your truth. And then he says, where's truth found? He said, your word, the scriptures, are the truth. It's amazing that uh, we know that the largest book in the Bible is the book of Psalm. And the largest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 119, which has anywhere between 170 
to 180 verses. And Psalm 119 is all about the word. For example, Psalm 119 verse 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto your path. So it's interesting that the writer, particularly David, starts out in Psalm chapter 1 by saying, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful or the sarcastic. He says, but, it, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in God's law does he meditate day and night. He said, his leaf shall not, for he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, which bring forth his fruit in his season. Tell somebody my season's here. Amen. His leaf will not wither or dry up, but whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Then there's a contrast in verse 4. He says, the ungodly are not so. They're like the shaft which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Verse 6, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I want to speak to you on the subject, God's blue truth. <laughs> God's blue truth. And, you know, I, I thank God for Brother uh, Chris Hope's sermon last week because, you know, when he was sharing about technology and the fact that not everybody has uh, internet, not everybody has Wi-Fi, not everybody has a smartphone, or not everybody has, um, you know, are, are connected to the World Wide Web, and so... I'm going to talk a little bit what Bluetooth is for those who may not know. So for those of you who already know, it's like second nature, especially you Gen Zs who have grown up in this technological age. Bear with us. Amen. Please be patient. Amen, Brother Denver. <laughs> uh, and so I'm going to ask um, uh, Vanessa if you can just read what is stated so we can explain what Bluetooth is, but then transition to God's blue truth. So what is Bluetooth? Bluetooth is a short-range wireless technology standard developed in the 1990s by a Swedish company. It was used for exchanging data between fixed and mobile devices over short distances. One of their engineers was reading about how King Harold Bluetooth united the tribes of Denmark into a single kingdom in 960. He earned the name Bluetooth because he had a bad tooth, which appeared to be grayish blue. <laughs> it's really not that deep. <laughs> yeah, somebody said cavities. <laughs> uh, and, and so what happened was that because the, the technology and what they were developing was moving so quickly, they kind of used the name Bluetooth as a placeholder with the hope of, oh, we'll change the name once we get our act together and, and get things really moving. But the name Bluetooth really struck a chord. And I know this may sound deep, but when they decided to create the logo for Bluetooth, which most of you on your devices will see this logo, all they did was they took the H in uh, King Herod's language and they took the B for Bluetooth and they took those letters and put them together. Hopefully you can see it. And that's how they came up with the logo Bluetooth. <laughs> it, it really is not that deep. It's amazing how some things, some of the best things we uh, that enter into our lives, enter in serendipitously or by accident. 
And, and, and so when we see uh, uh, how Bluetooth technology works and how it's bringing devices together uh, and so that, so that they can communicate and they can function in a unified banner. And I want to say that uh, the Holy Spirit is God's blue truth because he's the one who connects us with the kingdom of God. There is activities going on in what I call a realm that is an unseen reality. It's very real. Heaven is very real, but we can't see it. And yet we sense the activity of the heavens in the invisible realm. And Jesus said, when he taught his disciples how to pray in Matthew chapter 6 and Luke chapter 11, he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it already is done in heaven. The only way we can understand or even be connected with what's going on in the heavens, in God's realm, is the Holy Spirit. He's the one who makes it happen. Now, let me, let me uh, make sure that we're all on the same track. So back in the day when there were things like Walkman, uh, and you, you'll just have to Google that uh, because, um, <laughs> yeah. And, and so what would happen is that you would, when you were trying to listen to music, you would have to plug in your device into the headphones, or plug the headphones, and then you would put them in and you would enjoy your music. But the problem was is that you had to carry, it had to be connected. And then all of a sudden, because Bluetooth technology was developed, then you had wireless. And wireless was wonderful because now all you had to do was take this little device, put it in your ear, and now no wires. Oh, it was a wonderful thing. And you know, sometimes when I'm here for prayer, uh, the midnight prayer on Friday night, my wife and I, we come here for prayer, and I can, because of Bluetooth, I can take the headphones or the earbuds, put them in my ear, literally leave my phone here, walk around the church, and I can still hear what's going on online. Can you say praise the Lord for Bluetooth? <laughs> now, some of you who may be older and not familiar with this technology, you're like, no, nah, I don't believe that. So we're going to give you a demonstration. So Lady Common, I'm going to ask you to come right now so that you could see how this, this technology called Bluetooth works. And hopefully I won't mess this up because we practice this a little bit. But this is what you call a speaker that's, again, it is a wireless speaker that uses Bluetooth. And so what Lady Common's going to do, I'm going to play a song from my phone, and Lady Common is going to just walk around the entire church. And you're going to be able to hear my phone, the music from my phone playing on this stereo or this speaker because of Bluetooth technology. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, let's go. Let's hope this works. Uh-oh. See, I'm not a... Oh, I see what happened. Okay, here we go. I said, here we go. Mm, help Jesus. It was working before. Yeah, here you go. Yep, keep walking. This is what happens when you laugh. Happens when you. 
If you know this song, you can worship. that play a little while because some of you need to understand when you wait on the Lord, you get a little stronger. Lady Kama walked all the way around the church simply because of this technology. And you may say, all right, that's nice, but what does this have to do with my life? Let's put it this way. This phone is the Lord in heaven. And you are the amplification of what he wants done in the earth. Lord, have mercy. And the only one who's going to make it possible for God's truth to get in the earth is God's blue truth, the Holy Spirit. And, and so you need to understand that the connection between me and God must come from the Holy Spirit. And that's why in John chapter 3, verse 3 and 5 says, Jesus says, Nicodemus, Nick at night, came trying to figure out how do I enter into the kingdom. And he says, unless a man is born of the Spirit, verse 3 says, he cannot even see the kingdom. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot even recognize the kingdom of God. I can preach right now. You, see, there's a whole lot of people who recognize church, but they don't know the kingdom. He says, without the Holy Spirit, you cannot even recognize the kingdom. And in verse 5, Jesus says, very, very, I say unto you, Unless you're born again, born of the Spirit, you cannot even enter into the kingdom. The Holy Spirit is the person who even draws you and I to the Lord Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, I know many of you want to take credit for how you found Jesus. No, you didn't find Jesus because he wasn't lost. That's a bad word right there. The scriptures tells us, I believe it's in Romans chapter 8, that we have a spirit of adoption, the spirit of adoption, which is the Holy Spirit, who gives us the ability to cry. And I hear my daughter praying many times when she says she calls uh, God Abba. And, and so Paul was saying, you couldn't even recognize the fact that you were even saved. You, would even, you, you could not recognize that God is your father without the Holy Spirit. The, ho the Holy Spirit in your spirit convinces and affirms to your spirit that God is no longer your judge. He is your father. Holy Spirit. That's why when, that's why when you don't spend enough time in the presence of God, the, the devil makes you think that Abba is against you. But the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 8, if God be for us, who can be against us? Who and what can separate us from the love of God? He is God's blue truth. He is the truth. And so no matter where I go, I am connected with the Father. And that's why Jesus said, in John chapter 16, now I get it when he says it's an, it is expedient, verse 7, 
It's to your advantage that I go away because if I don't go away, the comforter or the Holy Spirit will not come. This, this person, not an it, not a thing, this person called the Holy Spirit is actually a person who, who simply replaces Jesus on earth. But instead of Jesus being Emmanuel, being with us, he is now inside of us. That's why Paul says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Glory meaning the hope of you becoming all that God wants you to become is because of Jesus Christ in you. I think that's some good teaching right there. So I want to talk to you about six things that the Holy Spirit or that the scriptures will do for us. See, the Holy Spirit, is his job is to make sure that we know the truth. The truth is found in the scriptures, the Bible. I've now, as I've been waiting on the Lord during this season, I've come to the conclusion that, and this is the way I process it now for my own life, in the word scripture is the word script. Which means that if you're going to be a good actor, a good character, you must, you must act, you must characterize, you must walk according to the script of the writer. The writer who is perfect, God is tired of his church going off script. And I, whenever I hear the word scripture, now you don't have to do this, but I'm doing this for myself. Whenever I hear or say the word scripture, I call it now the sure script. The script that is sure. The script that I can really just stand upon and know that heaven and earth will pass away, but not one I, not dot of an I, or a cross of a T will pass away from this word. So I'm building my life on the word of God, and I want to talk to you about six things that the script will do in your life. Number one, I want to talk to you about uh, the word of God brings success. It talks about, it speaks to us about success, what true success is. It speaks to us about sin. It speaks to us about superpower. It also speaks to us, are you with me so far? It speaks to us about sustenance. It speaks to us about showing who God is. And finally, it speaks about, to us about a sword, meaning that we have a weapon that we don't just have to take life punching us and slapping us all over the place. And therefore, I want to talk to you about three things, and then I want to end with a story that I hope will touch you like it touched me. As I said before, that the word of God speaks to us about success. When they're about to cross into the promised land, you have to remember, and those of you familiar with the scripture, you know that a whole generation died in the wilderness because they refused to believe God. Tell somebody, I'm not dying in the wilderness. I'm not dying in the wilderness. I'm, I'm, gonna get, I'm going to get what's been promised to me. And so to prepare the people for the promised land, to prepare the Joshua generation, you, you uh, millennials and baby boomers, to prepare you to cross over the Jordan. Well, actually, they didn't cross over the Jordan. They went through it. <laughs> Moses spends the whole book of Deuteronomy explaining to the generation why, why their parents died in the wilderness and what it's going to take to keep God present with you when you cross over into your land of promise. The, the, the word Deuteronomy literally means a second law. 
Now, it doesn't mean second in the sense of God's adding to it. It means second in the sense of repeating. And so what Moses is doing is saying, look, I'm not even getting into the promised land. But I want to explain to you the mistakes we made so that you don't make the same mistakes. And you'll hear this word in Deuteronomy. If you obey the Lord, obey the script, I will prolong your day. I will prolong your stay in my promise. See, what's going to happen, my fear for some of you is that you'll get into the door of opportunity, but then get kicked out because you're not following the script. Oh, that's a good word right there. You can actually marry the woman who God wants for you because the Bible says, men, in, in Proverbs 18, verse 21, 22, he that finds a wife finds a good thing, a God thing, and obtains favor from the Lord. Next month, me and Carmen and I will celebrate 38 years of marriage. She is the favor of God to my life. So even when I'm not liking her, I treat her well because I don't want God upset with me. Could it be that the reason why you're not getting blessed, husband, is because of the way you're treating God's favor? Oh, can I preach this, but Jessica? You see, I've understood one thing, that Carmen was God's daughter before she was my wife. Woo! Oh, and I don't know about you, but I have two daughters. Don't mess with my daughters. So how much more God will you mistreat your wife? Oh, it's Aldenita is quiet up in here. I, 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 tell, I tell guys all the time, you want to be blessed, bless your wife. In fact, am I in, the, in fact, Peter says, if you're not treating your wife right, God ain't even going to hear your prayers. And I don't know about you, Elderoy, but I need God to hear my prayers, especially in this day. Mm, that one's for free. So now they're about ready to go into the promised land. Josh, Josh, uh, Moses has passed away, and God says to Joshua in chapter 1, he, he says to him three times, don't be afraid, I'm with you. Don't be afraid, I'm with you. And then he says these words in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. He says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you are to meditate. Oh, there's that word again. Meditate in a day and night to observe to do all that is written therein, for then you, not God, you will make your way prosperous. And you will have good success. Meaning God's saying is that if you obey my word, don't look for me to make you successful. You can make yourself successful by obeying my word. But too often we come up with bright ideas. He goes on to say the, the righteous man delights in the law of God. And in God's law, he meditates day and night. Now, let me help you here. I'm, this is really going to help you. Don't worry, I'm not going to be too long. But, but, but the word meditate in the Hebrew, it's not you reading the Bible and kind of thinking about it. This word meditate is a Hebrew word that means to murmur. And it's a good murmur, not a bad murmur. There was a negative murmur that kicked them out of the problem. So basically, here's what he means by meditating. You open the word and you're reading it, and you're saying, uh, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of God, nor standeth in the way. You're reading it out loud, nor sitting in the seat of scornful. But his delight is in the law of the law, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the river of water. He... he when you start reading, and, and I believe the reason why God wants us to, we don't have to read it loud, but murmur. Read it out loud and release the word. You know why? Because when you're reading the, when you're reading the word out loud, uh, 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 you're hearing what you're reading. And Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So you, you, can, lead, you, can, you can control your own faith growth. I was taught, I, I, Elder Cameron, bro, Elder, Brother Elder, whatever. Uncle Cameron uh, was, was, was leading prayer Friday night, and he said this. He said, I play Psalm 119 and go to sleep to hearing that word. 
my wife was praying. She uh, usually connects with Pastor China uh, once a month, once every two weeks. And Pastor China says, I, I've come to the conclusion that now I just turn on the app and I want to fall asleep to the word of God. I, and, and I was like, wow, because I believe that something is being fed in your spirit by the word of God even when you're unconscious. Test it out. Play worship music in your house. Go to sleep to, the, they, in fact, they have um, uh, psalms and, and, and scriptures put to song. Go to sleep under the word and see what will happen. It could change the agitation of your sleep. It, it, it'll erase CNN and, and MSNBC and Fox and Yahoo and all the news that's constantly keeping us in fear and agitating our spirit. I'm trying to help you. Tell somebody he's trying to help you. The word of God deals with sin. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Let's get out of our mind sin being, you did wrong, you're a bad Christian. No, the word sin has two definitions. It means to transgress, which means to step over, or it means to miss the mark. Now, I had an interesting situation that happened. <laughs> but it happened so fast, thank God, that you know the person didn't freak out. So I was walking uh, Friday. I was walking in the crosswalk, Auntie Debbie. And, and as I'm walking in the crosswalk, uh, yeah, I want to give a shout out for you being here. And so the lights, the light was red and cars were stopped at, and, and made enough space in the crosswalk. So me and this older Asian woman, she had to be maybe about 75 or so, we're walking across the street together. Now again, we hear about all the violence that's taken place. And no, so we're walking, and as I was about to take a step across, I saw a car coming that wasn't going to stop at the walkway. And so I stopped, but she did not see the car. So as she took a step, I grabbed her like this. And I was like, Jesus, <laughs> this is not looking good. But praise God, praise God. The car passed so fast that she realized I saved her life. And what's my point? My point, to, mm, I, do you see where I'm going? That God sometimes saying, I, I, I'm putting my word in you so that you won't, cross over into danger. God is, Elder Albert, God is not trying to keep us from fun. He's trying to keep us from destruction. Come on now. Those of you who are parents, when your toddler is no longer in the bank, in the crib, now all of a sudden they, they, they can walk and they want to explore things, and you, and, and you see a steep set of stairs, what do you do? You put up a guardrail. Now, come on, folks. You don't put up a six-foot fence because that baby's like this. So you put a little fence so that baby doesn't say, oh, Gaga, ooh, wow, that looks adventurous. No. And what God does, Lord, I am preaching better than you're responding. He puts his word here so that he says, no, don't transgress. Don't cross over that boundary. This word sin also means to miss the mark. Meaning that God says, I got a target for you. I got the right job for you. I got the right church for you. I got the right pastor for you. I got the right house for you. I got the right ministry for you. I got the right spouse for you. I got everything that is right for you. But if you don't have my word in your heart, you're going to miss the mark or the target I have for you. 
I was in the Word so much that when the Lord showed me Lady Carmen, I can actually recognize my wife. Some of you can't even recognize your spouse because you're not in the Word. Can I preach my daughter? First thing I ask a young lady, is he saved? Well, he goes to church. That's not what the Word says. It says, be, un, be not unequally yoked. Oh, I, I, honey, I lost my whole audience. <laughs> be not unequally yoked with what? Well, <laughs> I believe God is sending me as a missionary. Here's a secret. I, am, I know I'm preaching some good word up here. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, When you're with a person and they say that they love Jesus, I, I remember saying to a young lady who was saying, Bishop, um, how do I know, you know, he goes to church and he says he loves the Lord. I said, this is what you do, sweetheart. Because um, she's, oh, she's a daughter to me, so I know I've got to be careful now what I say. Uh, but I said, sweetheart, ask him to pray with you. You can tell a lot about where somebody's walk with when they pray. If they pray like God, um, I'm Brian and I live at uh, a 24J Street and um, um, I thank you for the food on my table and um, I thank you for the, the, yeah, the air I breathe. They're stumbling and mumbling. God is a stranger to them. Let me keep going. I, I'm, I, people are like, what went, with, what went on with the bishop while he was on vacation? Finally, the word of God, the scriptures, is our superpower. What do you mean? It, super, I'm not talking about, look, I know because we have, mm. I, I, when we hear superpower, we're, we're too busy, and I like, you know, uh, uh, Star Wars and Star Trek and, and Marvel characters, I'm not talking about those superpowers. I'm talking about the literal definition of superpower. The word super, look it up, it means above. It means beyond. And so if you want access to power that's beyond you, if you want power to, if you want access to power that's above you, the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, many of you listen to that song, uh, uh, Jira, I think it's Jaira, by uh, Maverick City. They're quoting Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, which says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that's working in us. There is a power that comes from God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1 verse 6 it says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. Uh, 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 Isaiah 55 verse 10 says, God says, my word will not return unto me void but it will accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing where I send it. In Hebrews chapter uh, 1 Verse 2 and 3, it says, it talks about um, uh, uh, Jesus, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person. And it goes on to say about God, he uh, says, God who upholds all things by the word that belongs to his power. His, he doesn't say the power of his word. He says the word of his power, meaning this word, when I speak it, it's connected to his power. That's why when I find myself in need, when you know, I've shared with you those daily confessions, I said, my need, I have no need. Why? Because God has supplied all my need according to his riches and glory. You're getting a new job and you're saying, how am I going to do this? I'm not qualified. Don't say I'm not qualified. So speak the word. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ, the Bluetooth, through Christ who strengthens me. I want to conclude with this story. This Bible here, 
as you can see, it's so worn out, you can't even read the words holy. This Bible. My grandfather, uh, Herman Green, he died at the age of 99 and a half. And so that's why I know I have long life. Promise to you. And I'm not kidding. I, I know I have long life. Promise to you. My grandfather, at the age of about 97, walked from Somerville to Charlestown. So that, that, that lets you know what kind of shape my grandfather was in. When I was a little boy, about six or seven, my mom used to work a night shift for um, what's now Verizon, but back then it was uh, New England Bell. So that you millennials and Gen Zs, don't worry about it. I'm talking to the baby boomers now. Um, but she used to work for what's now Verizon. And so she would work this late shift. And because my father also worked and he was involved in the church, my, my grandparents used to live. We, we, my parents rented the first floor. My grandparents lived on the second floor. So me and my brother, Kevin, we would go upstairs to grandma and grandpa, and because you know we're kids, we have to get to bed around seven or eight, and and so we would go up there and sleep, spend the night. But when I woke up in the morning and ready to go downstairs so I can go to school. I would find my grandfather at the kitchen table reading the word of God. I'm, I'm, I'm 62 years old now, and I can still picture Grandpa Green. He would sit at the kitchen table like he was having a meal. Job 23, verse 12 says, I have esteemed the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. And he would sit with the radio going on in the back on the Christian station, listening to uh, Vernon McGee, you know, all those old stations. And he'd be facing the stove. And so when we walked in, from the kitchen to go downstairs, I would see him reading the word. Can you imagine what kind of impression that would have on a child for two or three years, just every time he saw his grandfather, he was in the word. So when my grandfather passed away in 1986, Lady Common and I were married three years. He gave all of his grandchildren in a will $100 each, which was pretty significant back then. And I was like, well, maybe I can get something that I always wanted. And I said, no, I want to get something that will always remind me of my grandfather. So I used my money to buy this open Bible, had it, the open Bible kind of just came out. And it says, presented to Brian Green, November 14th, 1986, by Grandpa Green. So this, I've had the Bible rebound <laughs> because it reminds me of a, well, of a life well lived because of the word of God. And I want to do for you what my grandfather did for me. 
I want to see that you have a love for the scriptures so that you can hit the mark, the call, the target that God has for your life. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. I thank you for your word that describes to us what your success looks like. I thank you for your word that describes to us what sin really does. It causes us to trespass so that we could actually fall into the trap of the enemy because his goal, according to John chapter 10, verse 10, is to steal from us, to kill and destroy our lives. But you said you've come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. We thank you, Lord, because your word is so powerful that it is a superpower. You said in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 12, your word you will hasten to perform. And so, Lord, I ask you that you would help your people to realize that the Holy Spirit He is our gift so that we can be, we can remain connected to the truth. And as I shared earlier, John chapter 17, verse 17, you said, Lord, that your word is the truth and that the Holy Spirit, who is your blue truth, who guides us into the truth, will keep us connected to the word. But Lord, right now I offer to those who do not know Jesus Christ another truth. Because not only does the Holy Spirit connect us to the word of God, but the Holy Spirit connects us to another truth. His name is Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Life. No man gets access, no woman gets access, no person gets access to God except through Jesus. And so right now you may be hearing the Holy Spirit right now speaking to you truth and the truth is, is that you're religious but you're not a believer. You're a do-gooder but you're not a believer in Christ meaning that Christ does not live in your heart you did not invite him to live in your heart well I got christened as a child or I got baptized as a child but that was not your decision so that doesn't count God wants your decision he wants you of your own volition to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your heart. And if you're ready to do that, why don't you bow your head and simply say this prayer after me. And if you say, well, how am I sure if it works or not? If you have a Bible, or if you have a device, just go to Romans chapter 10. And that's what tells you how you can become a believer, saved, rescued from sin. And so just repeat that, this prayer after me. Dear Lord, I come to you right now and I admit, Lord, that I'm a sinner. And all that means is that Jesus does not live in my heart. Lord, I believe that you died for my sin and that you rose again so that I could become a child of God. Jesus, you say your word if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus was raised from the dead I will be saved so Jesus I believe come into my heart and make me a child of God now if you did that you are a believer and you're a child of God and if you want more information on that, 
what you did. Please get in contact with us. Use the address below on your screen. But also, if you want to talk to somebody more about the decision you made for Jesus, or those of you who may still be struggling with all that took place last week and you are exhausted and, and you are struggling, please, please, after this service is over, go into our private Zoom prayer rooms. Somebody's waiting for you to pray specifically for you so that the Lord would strengthen you and give you more information about receiving Christ if that's also something that you reference. God bless you. I want you to put your hands out so I can bless you. According to, again, Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May he look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you. May the Lord make his face to shine, grin, and beam and show his pleasure on you. May the Lord be gracious, kind-hearted, pleasant and compassionate to you. May the Lord show you his favor that will support you, appreciate you, promote you, side with you as you side with him. And finally, may the Lord give you his shalom, his peace, his rest, his harmony, his calmness, his composure, his prosperity, and his success. And may the Lord remove anything that causes agitation or discord with his divine purpose and destiny for your life. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you in the name and reputation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everybody say, I receive that blessing. You have an amazing week because God's truth is with you. Thank you.